Flawless, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Romans 3, verse 23 through 24. Welcome to Rothman's Jewelry Store. Let's join old man Rothman and his son as they teach us a little something about how God sees us through his son, Jesus. Flawless, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. The cobblestones are gleaming wet from an early morning rain. Overheads the rhythmic clatter of the elevated train The sidewalks lined with sandwich boards, each striving to declare that here you'll find a grocer, tailor, watch, or shoe repair. And just beyond the butcher shop, you see that yellow door? It marks the small emporium that's Rothman's Jewelry Store. Dawn is peeking through the windows around each half-drawn shade, casting dusty beams of sunlight on the silver, gold, and jade. Old buffed and polished oaken floors host displays of wood and brass, both inviting and protective, where small locks guard doors of glass. On beds of soft black velvet, enthroned like kings and queens, lie necklaces and pendants, brooches, bracelets, pins, and rings. Here countless gems have traded hands for sweethearts, wives, and mothers, purchased by a countless stream of husbands, bows, and brothers. And all transactions, large and small, all layaways and buys, each sale of jewelry has transpired under old man Rothman's eyes. Those eyes are slowly dimming now, the same with what he hears, yet every day he's where he's been for 47 years. In suit and vest, a tie to match, his footsteps rise and drop as he descends the narrow stairs from his room above the shop. The window shades rise one by one as the new day is exposed. He unlocks the door and flips the sign, replacing open for closed. Then he tucks a rose in his lapel at exactly 9.03 and awaits the day's first customers while he enjoys a cup of tea. The displays around the jewelry store are positively jammed with gems acquired in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Amsterdam. And upon each case, a lettered sign, white with crimson trim, informs the reader as to what appears for sale within. Here emeralds and diamonds and amethysts are sold, while across the floor is topaz, rubies, platinum, and gold. But there's one case unlike the rest, in back and to the right. When the jeweler shines this furniture, he does so with awed delight. For the wood is deep mahogany, carved and tooled by hand. The hinges, lock, and metal clasps forged expertly and grand. The velvet holds no dust or lint, perfectly squared and leveled. The translucent beauty of the glass is etched and deeply beveled. But what makes this case unique within this shop so dignified? It's the emptiness that's so distinct, for no jewelry rests inside. No sapphires, no garnets, no emeralds, no onyx, no tourmaline, 
No diamonds, no rubies, no opals, no turquoise, no topaz, no aquamarine. The reason for the absent gems is simple to define. The vacancy caused by the single word printed on this case's sign. This word defines the criteria by which gems may be here displayed. That single word is flawless, and no stone has yet made this grade. This case has sat empty for decades, barren as an unused church, placed here by old man Rothman, the symbol of his lifelong search. For over all his many decades, 10,000 gems he scrutinized. Not one has met this standard under his firm and discerning eye. As to flaws, he knows their signature, how they hide within the gleam, some subtle, barely visible, others clear and plainly seen. These imperfections can't be altered, erased, or now abated, for their birth within the very core from the time the stone's created. He's known gems that featured hundreds and others with barely a trace, but whether one or one hundred thousand, none can enter the flawless case. And yet the jeweler, gem by gem, continues his pursuit. He's searching for perfection in a quest that has borne no fruit. But today, his thoughts are elsewhere, bringing pleasure as they run, as he joyfully anticipates the return of his only son. He's completed a journey of study to places both far and wide, his father tracking his odyssey on a map he keeps at his side. It's filled with stars and circles, with notes and commenting lines, from one end of the earth to the other, capturing passion, commitment, and time. He's traveled the world seeking knowledge, studying gems both precious and rare. His authority now is unchallenged, his reputation beyond all compare. And his father is proud as a peacock, sometimes can scarcely believe he's about to realize the dream he has sought his whole life to achieve. For the son will step in with the father. Long ago, they established this plan. When he left, he was just beyond boyhood. He now returns an accomplished young man. Then suddenly pulled from his reverie by the sound of the bell or the door, his son steps in from the sidewalk, and with arms wide, he crosses the floor. Now a hug, an emotional welcome. Then his son hangs his jacket and hat. As Rothman refreshes the teapot, they lean on the counter and chat. For hours, they talk of his travels, his studies, his many degrees, occasionally serving a customer and then resuming their talk over tea. So the shadows grow long as the evening descends on the shop like a blind. Then the sun casts his eyes to the corner and the case with the old flawless sign. I see it still sits cold and empty as he moves close beside the display. Its beauty, just as he remembered, its futility firmly conveyed. He picks up the sign on the cover and smiling, he fingers the word, this unyielding, exacting requirement and the isolation, its meanings assured. When I opened this shop, I was your age, said his father behind tiring eyes. 
That sign represented my values, my commitment to not compromise. My desire was to deal in perfection without blemish or error or flaw. What I found was decidedly different, and his voice became quiet and raw. My work is concluding in failure, as that case every day lets me know. In these stones, there's no sign of perfection, and I fear it will always be so. As his words trailed off into silence, his son put the sign back in place and stepped over to embrace his father. Then he spoke with a smile on his face. It's true that to look for perfection is a quest that is futile and drab. The only gems that will ever be flawless are fake and produced in a lab. If I've learned anything in my studies, the education you bade me to seek, it's every stone carries some imperfection, and that's what makes them each rare and unique. The key is to look for the beauty and forgive when a blemish is showing. Judge the gems with a grace-filled perspective, and that case will be soon overflowing. They locked eyes and then nodded together, and both knew a new thing had begun. The standard, upheld by the Father, realized through the work of the Son. Then Rothman and Son walked together to that case in the back of the store. With a laugh, they removed the old signage, took a key, and unlocked the glass door. Grace is an amazing thing. Often I think it's one of those church words that is said without a deep understanding of its meaning. God's perfection and our imperfection can't reside together. By its very nature, perfection is eliminated when imperfection is introduced. Think of it this way. Say you had a swimming pool full of perfectly pure water, no pollutants, no chemicals. If you poured 50 gallons of sludge into this water, obviously it would no longer be pure. But what if you added a single drop of sludge to this water? Would it still be pure? The answer is no. Any trace of pollution means the entire body of water is impure. Purity and impurity simply can't reside in the same space. Our sin, our flesh, renders us impure. This is what creates the separation between mankind and a perfect God. And, as with the example of water, it doesn't matter if it's one sin or one million sins. The perfect and the imperfect are separated. God loved us too much to leave things this way. It's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on our behalf that gives God the ability to see us not through our sin, but through the forgiving, purifying, and reconciling blood of His Son shed for this very purpose. Grace is God's purifier, and grace is a gift. I invite you to accept and receive the grace God offers through His Son, Jesus. When we do, God our Father sees us as flawless.